counsellor or a psychotherapist wanting to attract more clients more simply, then you, lovely person, are in the right place. Because I'm here to help you navigate marketing and remove any confusion and overwhelm that you might feel. Oh, and ditch that critical, nagging inner voice too. So each week I'll offer you inspiration, motivation and practical advice so you can get your marketing done and then get on with your life. I'm Jane Travis and welcome to the Grow Your Private Practice show. It's great to have you here. Hello, hello, hello and welcome back. And if it's your first time here, it's great to have you aboard. I hope you're having a good day. It's sunny here in Lincoln at the moment and after I've done this, you know, after I've recorded this podcast, me and my dog Kim, we're going to go to a local farm shop where they've got a cafe and we're going to go and sit, well, I'm not going to sit in the sunshine because I'm a redhead and I'm a little bit like a vampire, I kind of turn to ash in the sun, so I'm going to find somewhere shady and sit and have a nice coffee, so yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So what we're going to talk about today is something that I hope, if you're listening to this in a year's time, I hope it's not something that's still applicable really. So what are we going to talk about? Well, it's in the news. It's also in all the current affairs programs, in all the magazine type programs, and everybody is talking about it. I'm talking about the price of energy, you know, fuel for your car, how much the supermarket shop has increased. There's no getting away from it. And it's said to be causing a mental health epidemic, which is, you know, serious stuff. So today I want to take a look at the impact on your clients on your business and you of the current cost of living crisis. So just before I do that, I want to remind you that last week was episode 100. Yeah, this is episode 101. So that's 101 weeks of producing a podcast every week. And to be honest, it's quite some feat and I'm quite proud of myself, actually. So I'd like to really thank you for all the lovely messages that I've received. I really do love hearing from you. You know, it makes my day knowing how much my podcast's helping people. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I really, really do appreciate it. Now, last week, I produced a 100 episode celebration gift for you, which includes nine downloads that I've produced for the podcast. So those downloads are, there's one that's called Six Steps to Turning an Inquiry into a Booking. So that's basically when somebody phones up, increase the chance of them actually making an appointment with you. Uh, There's another one that's all about what to include on your FAQ or Frequently Asked Questions page on your website. Well, I ran out of breath then. (laughs) There's one called Five Easy Ways to Give Back to Charity Without Working for Free or Reducing Your Fees. So that's quite applicable for today's episode. There's another one that's talking about which social media platform is right for you. There's another one that's called 54 Specific Ways to Attract Your Ideal Clients. Another one called 55 Affirmations for Success. Then there's two simple ways to find your mojo. Another one called What Is Your Why? And finally, 101 blog titles for your for your blog. So there's, you know, loads to get your teeth into there. I think there's something there for everyone. And in that download, it also has the details of the podcast that it was created from. So you can go and check that out as well. So you can get them all, yeah, all nine of them for free by going to janetravis.co.uk slash OMG 100, and I'll link it somewhere around this episode. So yeah, go and grab it. 
Okay, back to this week's this week's episode. So everyone has a different relationship with money. Now, some people just have no problem getting into debt and don't worry about having loans and an overdraft. And kind of, you know, if they haven't got an overdraft, they feel a bit weird. Some people only feel safe if they've got savings in the bank. And then there's everybody in between, that huge variation in between. But what we all want is more money. Maybe you want just a little bit more money. Maybe you want a lot more money. But one thing we don't want is less money. So when we hit a financial crisis like the one that we're currently in, it's going to spark a lot of anxiety. And it's going to have an impact on all areas of your life. So we've just been through two years of COVID, which sparked a lot of anxiety and other issues. So, yeah, two years of COVID, lockdown, that was, you know, that was big. We also have the climate crisis that's like, you know, really smacking us around the face at the moment. We have the war in Ukraine. We've got all sorts of other political worries and fears. And let's face it, we've really been through the mill, haven't we? So the stress has really been stacking up for us and we've not really had a chance to unpack it all. So let's take a look at the impact that this has on people. Let's take a look at the impact this has on your practice and let's take a look at the impact that this has on you. And then we'll look at some ways that you can help people, help yourself and help your practice. Okay, so let's start with the impact on people. Now, before COVID, people would come to therapy to discuss a variety of issues, wouldn't they? It could be all sorts of things. But now, after COVID, people still have that variety of issues, but they've also been impacted by all these other things as well. So there's never been more of a need for therapists. It's said that there's a mental health epidemic, and I think that's, you know, I think that's true, isn't it? So where do people go if they need help? Maybe they go to their GP for some NHS counselling. Maybe they go to some sort of charitable organisation. In a financial crisis, there are so many people that simply can't afford to pay for counselling. So where does that leave you as a therapist running a private practice? So what's the impact on your business? Well, of course, if people can't afford to access therapy, then as a business owner, this is a big problem because you need paying clients Otherwise, your business will shrink, and if it shrinks enough, then you're not going to, you know, you're not going to have a not going to have a business anymore. Meaning that you're going to make less income, which is going to impact you and your own private life massively too. So the impact on you is well, you know, you've been through your own struggle over the last few years. Now, the majority of therapists used to work face to face. Now, there weren't that many people that really offered online counselling. So before lockdown hit, most people did face-to-face counselling. So if you were usually working face-to-face, then lockdown was going to cause you significant stress because you either had to train to work online or you had to stop working. So, you know, you'll have had to deal with that in your business. But on top of that, you'll have had all of your own stuff as well. So you'll have had to deal with isolation, enforced time with family, much as we love them, that's not always easy, possibly homeschooling, worries about your own and other people's well-being. You may even have had to deal with a bereavement as well. So, you know, you've been through a lot, all while trying to hold on to your client's stuff as well. And that's absolutely massive. You deserve a medal, you really do. You know, you've been going through this with all your own stuff and still helping other people in a real way. 
so firstly take a moment out to to really realize what you've done because I think we can gloss over it sometimes I think we're not particularly good at saying yeah I did a really good job there and now just as things are starting to get back to normal you know we've got several spanners that have been put in the works that are making life a whole lot more stressful again so you know what can you do about that you know what can you do to help people when they can't afford to pay for therapy what can you do to help to keep your business running and thriving and what can you do to look after yourself your own wellness your own mental health needs okay let's take a closer look so how can you help people that can't afford therapy now i know that you've got a big heart and i know that you want to help everybody regardless of their ability to pay but look you, you can't you can't do that it's just impossible so while there might be a desire to work for a reduced fee or to see clients on a fortnightly basis instead of weekly or even work for free, it's really important to consider it thoroughly before you do because it's going to have a negative impact both on you and your private practice. Now, my friend Cat Love once said, just because the system is broken doesn't mean it's your responsibility to fix it. And I think that is just such a good quote. Very, very wise words. Write them down. It's not your responsibility to fix it. So look, don't do that to yourself. Don't put that pressure on yourself to do the impossible. There isn't enough free counselling available to people, but that doesn't mean that you have to step in and offer yeah, uh, reduced fees or free counselling to help those people. So look, if you do have a tendency to take on too much responsibility for others, this is definitely something to address. You know, maybe have a chat about it with your supervisor or if you're having counselling at the moment, have a chat with your counsellor. You could even journal around it or if you've got a good friend that you can trust, you know, have a chat with your friend about it because if you take on too much responsibility in this situation, you probably do in other areas of your life too. Now, a while ago, I had Sophia Giblin on the show. Now, she was amazing. And I'm going to drop a link somewhere around this show. The episode was actually called Five Easy Ways to Give Back to Charity Without Reducing Your Fee or Working for Free, which is perfect for this episode. And like I said, the workbook from that is actually included in the 100th episode prize bundle. So, like I say, you can get that at janetravis.co.uk slash omg100. So I highly recommend that you take a listen to that. And, you know, she said, she shares five really brilliant ways to use your skills to help people. Now, something else that you might do is you can freely help people by producing content for them. What do I mean by content? So I mean writing useful blogs, maybe recording podcasts, maybe producing videos. So remember, I suppose the important thing to remember here is, again, don't take too much responsibility here because a blog isn't going to solve any problems for people. You know, if somebody's really struggling with depression, reading a blog isn't going to make their life change in any, you know, real life changing way, if you like. But it can help them in lots of little ways. So you can offer some tips and ideas. You can offer some thoughts for reflection. You can offer some inspiration. You can offer some motivation. So you can do that through the content you create, like I say, like podcast, blogs, videos, that sort of thing. Or also you can do that in social media, something like that. So what I would suggest you do is consider what people within your niche are struggling with. 
you know, maybe financial pressures are impacting their relationship. You know, maybe they're feeling trapped in a job that they don't like, or maybe their anxiety has spiralled out of control and stopped them from going out or from buying anything, even though they might be able to afford it. You know, write some blogs that might help people in those situations. So once you've done a brainstorm, think about how you can help. So you could write a blog, something like five ways to feel good for free. So you could write something like five ways to feel good for free. And you could share something like, you know, making a feel good playlist on Spotify or something like that. Or what to say if you're invited on a night out and you can't afford it. Or how to discuss financial boundaries with your partner. You know, have a think what is going to help them. And you could even do some live videos and talk through these things so that you can actually just talk to people. Or you could ask people, you know, what is you, what are you currently struggling with? You know, that's something that I like to do here. I do Jane Explains every month where I'll answer a question from a listener. So if you've got a question, please just ask me and I'll, I'll do a blog about it. But you could do that. You could say, you know, what are you currently struggling with? And you could make some blog posts or, or some other content around that. Another thing that would help both you and your clients could be offering group therapy. Now, group therapy has the benefits to the client of a cheaper monthly investment, but you would still be earning. So, for example, if you currently charge £50 a session and your session is 50 minutes to an hour, you could offer 90 minutes group therapy for, say, £30 a session for say six or eight people. So they're getting a cheaper therapy. That's 20 pounds cheaper for them. And you're going to still be, you'll actually be earning more. So, you know, everybody wins there. Now, if you're a member of the Grow Your Private Practice membership, go and check out the workshop that we did with Sarah DeSange. And she talked all about working with groups and she talked all about you know, how to choose what you're gonna, your group's going to be about, how you can promote it, lots and lots of things. Go and have a little listen to that. And she also did some training, some paid training with Tamara Howell too, called Setting Up in Groups. I'll share a link to that around this episode somewhere. So, you know, starting some group therapy is something that can, you know, be really, really helpful. Something else that you might consider is time-limited therapy. Now, often, and especially if you usually work in a person-centered way, the therapy could go on. It's kind of open-ended, isn't it? The therapy could go on, like, for months, sometimes even years. And for someone that's on quite a budget, that could be hard to handle. So it would be really reassuring for them to know that they're going to invest in a particular number of sessions. So consider offering time-limited counselling, say six, six sessions, eight sessions, 12 sessions. Now, time-limited therapy is a really good skill to have. Now, I was recommended a book by a counsellor that works in a time-limited way. And although I have to say, hands on heart, I didn't read the whole book, but I did read quite a lot of the book and it was really great. It's called Time-Limited Therapy in a General Practice Setting, How to Help Within Six Sessions by, it's by, the author is Glyn hudson Alley A-L-L-E-Z. Now, I think that I got mine off eBay and that's a great way to get, because this is probably an older book now, that's a great way to sort of cut the costs of buying new books as well. So, you know, 
if you are used to working in a in an open-ended way, this might feel strange to start with, but the book does talk about that. It does talk about, you know, how it will feel strange and what, you know, how how, you, how to get yourself over that. So it might be something that you want to look at so that you'd be able to market your practice and say, you know, book for six sessions, it's X amount of pounds or something like that. I mean, I think we can all agree that therapy really should be free for everybody. But right now, that's just not the case. And it's not your fault. And it's not your responsibility to be able to help everybody, regardless of their means of paying. So please take that pressure off yourself. You just can't do it. (sighs) Big big sigh there, because it does feel like a real responsibility sometimes. So let's move on to how to help your business. Yes, we know the current cost of living crisis is, for some people, crippling. But look, let's just take a step back for a moment. In the news last week, it was being reported that record numbers of people were going abroad on holiday. So yes, for some people, the financial situation is a crisis. But for other people, less so. Some people are able to pretty much carry on with their lives, albeit aware of you know, aware of the increases and cutting back on some luxuries and, you know, generally complaining about it. But for some people, it has less of an impact. And these are the people that you need to be attracting as clients because you're running a business. And as such, you need to attract people that can afford to pay you. Because if you're always attracting people that don't have any money, it's going to make you feel bad. It's not going to be good for you. It's going to have an impact on you. And there are plenty of people around that have money. So, you know, telling yourself that nobody can afford therapy can and will hold you back. So to be honest, this is how it's always been for private practitioners. We work with people that can afford the fee and that's okay. You're not doing anything wrong. Because it's not just people on a low income that need help. People from all different statuses use therapy to help to make sense of their life, to deal with their relationships, to deal with their anxieties, to deal with loss, to deal with confidence, all of those different things. You know, we know this, having more money doesn't make people immune to life's difficulties. And people prioritise ways to spend their money. People prioritise the things that they're going to spend their money on. And if somebody is struggling with their life, if they're maybe anxious, maybe they're depressed, maybe they're lost, maybe they've been traumatised, remember, therapy is the ultimate self-care. Therapy is a great choice for people to invest their money in, as it could change their life, could change their relationships, basically for the rest of their life. And also, there's something about prioritising your self-care through paying for therapy that is very positive. It's very empowering. It's a far better way to spend their money than fritter it on things like nights out or posh meals or something like that. Now, I first went to counselling in my early 20s and I really couldn't afford it, to be honest. It was something that was a massive push for me. You know, I didn't have a lot of money, as you don't when you're in your early 20s. But to be honest, I was in a real state. I was I was not in a good way and I really needed some help. So what I did was I got a lodger in to bring in some extra cash. If you know anything about me at all, you'll know I'm a massive introvert. So having somebody live in my house was like, you know, 
it wasn't it wasn't brilliant I didn't like it particularly so if people really want that transformation they will prioritize paying for therapy and look that's okay you know I remember the money that I paid over to my therapist represented me finally prioritizing my own needs and looking after myself and it felt important to me So look, it's really important to keep doing your marketing. If anything, increase your marketing. Let people know that you're there. Let people know that you can help them and let people see that you'd be a great choice. Because if you don't, those people that want therapy will find it. And some of them at the moment are turning to online therapy companies because they are, you know, something they're very good at is marketing. Now, I'm actually going to be addressing online therapy companies in a future episode, so keep an eye out for that. But the fact that these therapy companies are booming means that, yes, people can and will pay for therapy. Remember, the clients that go to these companies are often paying more than what you normally charge as your regular fee. So, you know, be aware of that. A quick note, actually, on working fortnightly, because... I think fortnightly is something that can be very good when people are approaching the end of therapy. It's a great way to deal with that transition, really. But at the moment, I hear a lot of people are saying that they're being asked to come to counselling on a fortnightly basis with a view to keeping the costs down. But if you're asked to work every week to keep the costs down, then I invite you to really reflect on this because, well, My experience of this was when I was working with clients, sometimes people wanted fortnightly because for money issues. And my experience of working fortnightly was that because there was such a long time between sessions, it kind of watered everything down. So often the time when they came back to therapy, we'd spend quite a lot of time kind of coming up to speed with each other. So we'd kind of, they'd tell me their story and I'd sort of, you know, listen to their story and, you know, learn what what was happening in their life. And it actually made the work much less productive. So, you know, with that longer gap, then that intensity really isn't there. So often it would take longer for the client to see the changes that they wanted, but not only because of spending less time together, but the time together, it wasn't often such quality time because, like I say, you'd be coming up to speed with each other. Now, one of the downsides of that is that the client could easily think that, oh, therapy doesn't work because they might say, well, I've been going for two months and I'm not noticing a a difference when in actual fact, they've only had four sessions. And if they had four sessions together, then they would be noticing something going on. So, you know, they don't necessarily recognise that it's slower because they're going fortnightly. So you have to be a little bit careful of that because I don't want it to have a negative impact on your reputation. So, as I say, do a little bit of reflecting about this. Obviously, it's your business, it's your rules, but here's something that I used to do instead of offering fortnightly. I used to offer like little chunks of therapy. So I'd say maybe two weeks on, two weeks off, or let's do four weeks on and four weeks off. So I'd recommend that to the client and I'd explain why. And they'd usually, well, in fact, I say usually, they were always fine with that because they were getting, you know, better better quality of counselling. They get more out of their money, basically, and it brought better results. The truth is you have to consider your needs, you know, coming to therapy. It's not 
all about the client. You know, you have your needs as well. Because if your client usually comes at a popular time, basically what you're going to do is have every other week with a space that you can't fill. And that's money. You know, that's money that you're basically not receiving. So unless you miraculously have two people wanting to go fortnightly on the same day and time, which of course couldn't happen, then you're going to struggle. Now, you could decide to work fortnightly, but only offer fortnightly at times that you struggle to fill. So, you know, we all have a time that's not as popular. So it might be if somebody says, can I work fortnightly? You could say, yes, uh, these are the times that I work fortnightly and just give them a couple of times that are, you know, those times that you struggle to fill that, that aren't your peak times, really. And anybody that wants fortnightly, then they'll have one of those times. So, yeah, really consider this in advance. So then you can prepare how you choose to respond to a request to work on a fortnightly basis. Okay, so how can you help yourself? I'm going to say it again. Human first, counsellor second. I want you to sort of remember this because it's so important. I really, really want you to consider your own wellness and mental health because, as I said before, you've got your own story of how the last few years have been. As I've said, you've possibly had to learn how to work online and the stresses that that's brought and, you know, the extra money that that's involved along with, you know, all sorts of other issues, issues around anxiety, homeschooling, isolation, forced time together, all of those different things. And then now, as just as lockdown's over, we've got a war, we've got a financial crisis to contend with. It feels like it's never ending at the moment, doesn't it? And you're just a human, aren't you? And you don't have to be a superhero. You're not expected to. So don't put yourself under that sort of pressure. So right now, maybe more than ever, it's really important that you look after yourself for you. So look after yourself for your own for your own sake, but for your business's sake and for your client's sake, as well as possibly your, you know, your partner's sake or your family's sake or your kids' sake, you know, you have to look after yourself. I believe that one of the aspects of good counsellor self-care is being paid well. Remember, your cost of living's increased too. You know, this isn't, as a counsellor, all of a sudden, you know, people aren't saying, oh, don't worry, we're not going to charge you more. You know, you're having to deal with the same increase in cost of living. We all have. So maybe take a little time to reflect on your boundaries. You know, think about things like, your cancellation policy, does that need to be tightened up a little bit? Think about what if you offer concessions, is that really necessary? Think about how you feel about only working fortnightly and, you know, start thinking about what your needs are. Because, you know, I just can't, I want to just bash this home, really. Your needs are really important. You are in exactly the same boat as anybody else. You're outgoings and expenses have increased too so you need to keep earning you probably even need to increase your prices as well to take all of that into account so you know please please don't feel bad for earning don't feel bad for wanting to still earn a wage don't feel that you have to work with anybody under any circumstances you have to look after yourself you have to look after your business and you have to look after your clients and we do that by having boundaries and maintaining those boundaries so that's basically it really i would absolutely love to know if you've got any other suggestions that you can add 
please contact me. If you go over to LinkedIn, just have a little look for me. It's Jane Travis. It's Jane without a Y. Or hop on over to Instagram. Have a look for at Grow Your Private Practice. And contact me. Let me know if you've got any other suggestions. You know, let's all share ideas so that we can all help each other. And remember to grab the 100th episode gift with the nine resources in it to help you to grow your practice. That's at jamestravis.omg100. So yeah, go and grab that. Right. I'm going to go and take the dog off for a walk. The sun is still out. (laughs) So I'm going to take the dog for a walk. I'm going to have a little bit of lunch and I'm going to just chill for a bit. I hope that whatever you're doing, you're having a good day. Please, please take very good care of yourself. And I hope to see you again next time. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the show. And while you're there, I'd love it if you could leave me a big, shiny five-star review. Bye.